Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. Now we know, as we have pointed out to you, that saving the lost is the will of God. However, very often in praying for lost ones, loved ones, or lost individuals, uh, very often we hinder our prayers ourselves, even though we're praying in the will of God, yet we nullify the effects of our praying and very often nullify the effects of the other person, of the other people, or the effects of the church praying. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, The Will of God in Prayer by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's message. But most people don't get saved out there somewhere. Most people get saved in church or in a church service. You know, people get saved as a result of hearing the gospel preached, not just because someone prayed. It was like the old boy who was not feeling very well, and they were trying to get him to go to bed. He said, no, I don't want to go to bed. They asked him why. He said, well, I may die. More people die in bed than any place else. Well, friends, most people get saved under the influence of God's word. That's the way it's done. And so I said, now your boy was home 30 days. I know him well enough to know that if you had asked him to come to church, he would have come. Then the last Sunday... You had a great family reunion. Everyone got together to talk from the natural standpoint, but you neglected your Sunday school class and didn't come for a whole month. Missed four Sundays. I know if you'd said, well, now, son, this is the last Sunday. Come and go to church with Mama. At least on Sunday night, he would have come. That seemed to come as a, a surprise to that dear old soul. She had been standing up to turn in her request. And when I said I was not going to do it, she just stood there and looked. A look of acknowledgement came on her face. She acted as though she hadn't thought of that. She acted as if it came as a, a surprise that she could even ask him to come to church. She said, well, that's right. That's true. He would have come with the expression on her face that said, why didn't I think of that? Well, now you think, you would think that any Christian would know enough to do that. That doesn't mean that you would have to nag and ding-dong people about uh, and keep digging at them. She could have said, I have a Sunday school class and I must go to church. You can come and go with me. I'd like for you to go. If he refused under this invitation at first and on the last time, she could have said, well, this is your last day home, son, and I would appreciate if you would come. I know him well enough to know that he would have come out of respect to his mother. I know of plenty of other people who came the same way and under the influence of the Word of God and the Holy Ghost were convicted and saved. Now, you see what I mean? You see, instead of helping our prayers... She did everything, consciously, unconsciously, to hinder our prayers. And so we were praying in the will of God, but we can hinder our prayers. Friend, let's, let's have boldness when we come to pray and confidence that God hears us. And let's walk right before the Lord and we can get answers. Now we know, as we have pointed out to you, that saving the lost is the will of God. However, very often, in praying for lost ones, loved ones, or lost individuals, uh, very often we hinder our prayers ourselves, even though we're praying in the will of God, yet we nullify the effects of our praying and very often nullify the effects of the other person, of the other people, or the effects of the church praying. I know we had a lady in our church one time, one church I pastored, who every time when we took prayer requests uh, would ask us to pray for her husband. 
He would come with her once in a while. He was unsaved, but he'd come on Sunday night occasionally. And if prayer requests then or during a revival meeting would be asked for, well, uh, she would uh, stand right up in service and request prayer for him and, and maybe him right there by her side and uh, or in the service somewhere. And it would embarrass him. Well, she'd call his name, you know, and say, pray for him. She wanted us to pray that he'd get saved. I remember one time in a Wednesday night service when there were just some of the church members there, she came and requested prayer again. Well, I simply made a point of it as I wanted to illustrate to the crowd as well as to her. So I said, Sister, we're not going to do it. You've turned in prayer requests here again and again and again and again. And we prayed and prayed. And I said, I've talked to your husband. I visited him in your home. And talked to him for two or three hours at a time, at times that she was out and wasn't there. And there's no reason for us to go on praying about him. You are nullifying all the effects of our praying. You go home and tell him everyone's fault in the church and all the church's business. Now, there were some things which unless she had told him, he just couldn't know. I know no one else would have told him. Then I said, you will air all of the pastor's mistakes and all the Sunday school superintendent's mistakes and all the mistakes of everyone else in the church. You just talk constantly. I dare say that every meal, that's all you talk about, until he almost asked the question, why do you even go down there to church? You don't believe anyone down there has anything. Until you can learn to keep your tongue, I said to her, you are going to nullify the effects of all of our praying and believing for him. He does still come occasionally to church, but you've just about talked him out of coming altogether. And he has more of a chance of getting saved here than he does anywhere else. Yet you have just about talked him out of coming. He'll still come once in a while because he has a personal liking for me. Now that was like giving that dear soul a whipping. She resented it at first, but finally straightened out and became one of the staunchest supporters that we had. Up until then, she had never even paid her tithes, though she had money of her own more than he did, more than her husband. She was a businesswoman, made much more money than he did. She began to support and to keep her mouth shut. I told her publicly, your main trouble is you talk too much. You ought to learn to keep your mouth shut. He began coming more and more to church and was finally saved. And you know, even before he got saved, she came and talked to me personally and thanked me for helping her. Well, you know, people who are intelligent uh, want to learn and they appreciate it. Well, what am I talking about? I'm talking about things which are the will of God in prayer, but we nullify the effects not only of our own prayers, but those of others also. Now, let's not work against God. Let's work with God. Now, then I'm going to give you another illustration about the will of God in prayer and about uh, how that we hinder or nullify the effects of our praying, even though it's God's will. Now, let's just talk here some more uh, about this illustration. Philippians 4.19 is what I'm, the scripture I want to give you. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, if this be true, then we know that praying for finances to meet obligations is his will. Actually, when he said, my God shall supply all your need, he was talking about material and financial affairs. I believe that he meant all your needs, whatever it is, material, financial, spiritual, because all means all. Or every need of yours means every need of yours, whether it be spiritual, physical, material, or financial need. All of them, every one of them. I believe that. I want you to believe that. Now, lest someone thinks it is not true that he's concerned about our financial needs 
or that, uh, that it is not what he's talking about here, read your entire context. Read all this whole fourth chapter of Philippians, and you'll find out that the Philippians had made up an offering of money and goods to send to other Christians. Paul is saying to them, because you've given to them and helped them, my God shall supply all your need. Now, he was talking about material and financial matters. We believe that. But on the other hand, I was holding a meeting in a certain place for a man in another state when the, where the pastor talked to me about a man who had been in the service. I recognized who it was when he described him. He said, Brother Hagin, if you would, he said, uh, talk to that fellow. He's taken a special liking for you. I'll put it this way. He has a wife and five children, and they're Christians all right, but they are not members of our church. They have been coming here for about a year. I don't know whether they, where they came from, for they didn't uh, live here in this city until about 18 months ago, and they haven't talked about where they came from. Anyway, after about six months, they started coming to our church and have come ever since. Now, his wife is a precious Christian, and some of these children are the most precious children you've ever seen, and they love the Lord. The father is a well, able-bodied fellow, about 38 years old, but he just doesn't work, and he won't work. Some of the other men in the church have tried to help him. They made arrangements for him to go for an interview where they work. For he can do that kind of work. They've talked to the foreman on the job. And he said, tell him to come in. I'll hire him. But he wouldn't go. Folk here in the church have helped them. We've taken up poundings for them. We've gotten groceries for them. And clothes for the children. They've gotten some things from the welfare department. Some of the ladies in the church have helped her every way they can. By giving her work to earn a little bit of money. She's a good worker. And would ask some of the folks if they had anything she could do. They would provide earnings for her to do. And everything in the world just to give her some money. Now, he's taken a special liking, the pastor said, for you. Maybe you could help him. He is of this nature. And when I talked to him, I found out that he said, well, the Lord said he would meet all of our needs. He actually told me. Some folks tell me to get out and look for a job, but I'm just waiting for the right one to come to me. The Lord will do it. He said in his word, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. We're getting along quite well enough. We may not be living just the best in the world. Someone else was paying the house rent. In fact, the church was paying about half of it to keep him going. Now, that fellow was really hindering not only his prayers, but their prayers as well. You can just sit down and wait for something to come to you. But you know, the only thing that will come to you is a pile of bills to pay. A man can believe that God will help him and bless him financially and materially. But then he needs to move that direction and do whatever his hands finds to do. If it isn't just right, at least it will help him right at the moment, and then he can pray about something else. God can open another door for him and another job for him. This man hadn't done anything here for 18 months that they knew of. He was an able-bodied man. By his own admission, there was nothing wrong with him, but he was just hanging around, lying around, doing nothing, waiting for God to bring him something, to give him something. He should have been embarrassed that his wife had to work as much as she did with children to care for. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. This month's special offer is the message series by Kenneth E. Hagan, The Will of God in Prayer. In this three-CD series, Kenneth E. Hagan explores the scriptures and instructs believers on how to use the Word of God in prayer. This series is just $21. Call now, 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. 
Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. I see this laying here, and I guess you were going to talk about this, the Word of Faith. The Word of Faith. That's our, our magazine that comes out about every six weeks or so. And you know, besides all the good things that it has, and it's a beautiful magazine. It really it is. It really, that, really that, is. That, that's, that's, that's pretty. I that like that. That is. Do you know uh, that that was, was that on our camp? I don't know if that was on our campus or no, not. No, no, that's remember, not on our campus. But remember I, last year when we had all the snow? Yeah, because that's oh, a road. That's yeah, a highway, right. so that ain't the campus. No, that's not. But it's beautiful anyway. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we've got all kinds of good stuff in here. And there's... Uh, teachings. There's teachings. And then uh, then my heart to heart mm-hmm. in here. And your seed fa- your seed thoughts. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's the page, the kids page. But yeah, I'll tell you what, I've heard the adults work that too. Yeah. All the puzzles. <laughs> yeah, the puzzles mm-hmm. and all of that. Yes. So, hey... Uh, all you have to do is ask for it, and you can get this. There's, they're telling you there on the screen. Just go to our go to our website. That's right. Uh, Rama, uh, Rama.org, and mm-hmm. and uh, you, you can sign up for it. If this radio program has blessed you and ministered to your spirit, then we want to hear from you. We're asking you, our audience, to let us know when and where you listen. Email us at partnerservices at Rama.org or call 1-888-FAITH-99 and tell us. If you prefer, drop us a letter. Write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. If we're to remain broadcasting in your area, we need to hear from you. And if you're able, we would ask that you would consider sowing an offering to help defray the costs of this radio program. Call today to get this month's special faith-building offer, Kenneth E. Hagen's The Will of God in Prayer 3-CD Series, yours for the price of $21. The number to call is 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll-free, 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagen, The Will of God in Prayer. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.